And once again, it is another edition of What's Involved. Always good to have you along with us. Uh, I got a special guest uh, at this time. And uh, well, I'll first introduce her and then I'll tell you why we're going to be talking to her. Okay. Uh, who am I speaking about? Karen Dewing. She is the head of internal communications at New Media. And why we're going to be chatting to her is uh, they've just released a, a report called The Changing World of Work. And I was thinking to myself, I need to figure this out because, man, a lot of stuff has happened. So before we get into all of that, Karen, welcome. Good to have you along with us. Good morning, David. Thanks so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. So before we kind of dive into this report as such, let's just have a little chat about who is Karen and, and how did you get to be the head of internal communications at New Media? <laughs> who is Karen? It's an excellent question. Um, I was um, born and schooled in Joburg. Um, I studied journalism at Rhodes University and uh, worked in the UK for a number of years uh, before returning to the sunshine in South Africa and settling here in Cape Town. Uh, where I started working almost immediately for New Media, um, one of the country's foremost content marketing agencies. Um, we have a very proud history of working with brands to tell the stories that really matter to their audiences. Um, and fast forward about a decade, um, and I now head up New Media Specialist Internal Communications Division. Um, our team really has the privilege of working with some of the most progressive and forward-thinking businesses in Africa uh, to engage their employee audiences and really to connect them um, at a very meaningful level uh, to their company purpose and to each other. It's a, it's a very rewarding space to work in um, and busier than ever, as I'm sure you can imagine. I certainly can imagine. And, and this is why I find this uh, so fascinating. And I love the bit you talk about, um, you know, you help uh, companies and corporates to tell their stories because the one thing that I've noticed over my years in broadcasting is that it's stories and it's stories that we need to share and tell. And it's the how of doing that that is so critically important. Um, I was chatting to somebody a little while ago, in fact, and then we were talking about corporate South Africa. And um, I'm, I'm essentially, in terms of that, I was told many years ago uh, that in terms of a corporate job, I am unemployable. Something, <laughs> something to do with the fact that I don't play well in the sand pit with other children. Uh, but the thing that used to get to me is we had, it was an incredible patriarchal kind of uh, uh, management structure to, through a lot of the corporates in this country. And, you know, you, you weren't encouraged to question anything. Uh, you were expected, at least in my day, that uh, you finished uh, school. If you were going to do your military training, you had to do that. And then you would set out into the world of work if you didn't study further. And even if you did, then you would get one job and you'd be very grateful for that one job and you would stay there forever. Uh, and then the world started to change. And more recently, it's changed a lot in terms of COVID and also employees starting to ask questions. So let's, before we dive into that, you sort of published this report called The Changing World of Work. Why was such a report necessary? What's been happening? 
Well, I mean, David, you hit the nail on the head. Um, the past two years have really just seen unprecedented changes um, for almost every industry, every business around the world. Um, and as internal communicators, um, our team, we've we've really had um, a kind of privileged perspective. We've seen firsthand how these waves of lockdowns and office closures, the social distancing, this global work from home experiment, we've seen how it's affected employees and really shaped the way they're experiencing work. Um, and during that time, internal communications really became and is still um, a lifeline uh, very much for employees who they're grappling with daily change, they're navigating this new normal that we're all supposed to understand, but we don't. Um, and we're really, you know, in desperation, looking to our employers um, for clarity and security, you know, and, and honesty and transparency. You know, there's been a lot of disinformation, a lot of fake news, um, you know, floating around over the past two years. And employees have really turned to their employers as a place that they can trust um, for for honesty and for for clarity and security, um, and so yes, I mean all all the while through these two years, this workscape um, around us has been undergoing these massive shifts, as we've discussed, um, and we're in the middle of this this very important but very messy um, transformation into something new. Um, and, you know, we, we've been left reeling, I think, by the fact that this, this future of work arrived much earlier than any of us had, had anticipated and forced this huge rethink um, on, part, on the part of employers and employees. Um, and that's, that's really what prompted us to compile this report. It was an opportunity for us to catalogue um, and contextualise, importantly, um, the huge changes that have been taking place and to unpack them in a way that helps them and uh, helps us understand which of these changes are likely to leave a lasting impact um, and and how that's going to shape the way employees engage with the companies that they work for moving forward and importantly how their businesses in, will engage with them and i think that's a huge question that a lot of businesses are asking at the moment is how do we engage with employees now the the rule book's been thrown out the window and um, what do we do next? Yeah, and I mean, that's, that for me is so fascinating. I mean, we, we sort of run our own small business. So, you know, we get to make quick decisions, decide what we're going to do, when we're going to do. But the bigger corporates, I know some people that are right at the top of, of some of the bigger corporate ladders. And when COVID hit, it, it drove them insane that there was this concept of work from home because they equated work to the amount of hours they had bums in seats and you know you you could not release your employees out into the wild and trust them to do anything and yet others others people seem to go okay well this is what we're going to do let's do it and we we, we sort of muddled our way through all the lockdowns and we we understood what was happening and eventually we got there i mean in my experience most people ended up working a lot more while uh, we were on lockdown, um, purely I think because they were worried that the boss was going to transpire on them and tell them that they weren't doing enough. So they ended up doing a whole lot more. But this is something, and I want us to, to get into this report uh, in just a little bit, but that's been some of the things. There's been this, this Zoom fatigue, this being online 24 hours a day. Um, and, you know, the concept of work from home initially to some people 
sounded absolutely fantastic. And I know others who cannot wait to get back into the office. So I tell you what, when we come back, uh, let's chat a little bit more about that. Uh, we are chatting to Karen Dewing, Head of Internal Communications at New Media. Uh, we'll be back with her in just a bit. This is what's involved. And we're back with Karen Dewing, my special guest, Head of Internal Communications at New Media. So we've set the scene. You've released this report, The Changing World of Work. Tell me, Karen, what does it sort of look at? And, and have we gotten some insights from it? Yes, definitely. Um, I think importantly, David, um, we do not profess to have the answers to any of these big questions that have been thrown up over the past two years. We can certainly, um, you know, we can certainly look at the trends. Um, we can certainly um, offer insights from as a, our privileged position of working very closely and with some big, very big corporates in this country to, to engage their employee audiences. Um, and it's through those kinds of conversations um, that we've had with our clients on a daily basis, as well as um, a lot of research into and, and interviews, um, a lot of sort of white papers, um, you know, that we've been able to compile this report um, and to look at the kind of areas where we've seen the most significant changes. So we've considered things like the employee experience, um, which is, is something sort of really important and has come through, I think, in the past two years as kind of the most important focus area for corporates moving forward. Um, then looking at the world of work, which, you know, is the kind of when and where and why of work and how that's changed. Um, employee well-being, which is, um, has certainly is more top of mind now than it ever has been for, for most corporates um, and, and necessarily so. Um, leadership and how that is changing, this new breed of authentic leadership um, that's expected of employees and it is expected especially of Gen Zs who are sort of moving into the workplace now. Um, we've looked at inclusion, uh, diversity and inclusion. It's hugely important, one of the biggest trends um, and certainly according to the Gallagher State of the Sector report um, published last year, it is one of the, the key topics that most um, internal communications teams will be focusing on in 2022. Um, we've looked at technology and the role that that's played in this kind of warp speed transition into the, into the future. Um, we've looked at multi-generational workplace, you know, the, the number of, of different generations working in, um, in one space and time and, and how, that, how that's affected the way companies put together their engagement plans. Um, and then, of course, um, sustainability and climate change, which is another huge trend and a very important topic. The employee of the future and how we imagine these changes um, that we've seen over the past two years um, will, will forge this new breed of employee that is more empowered than ever, that is more discerning than ever, um, and that has really found its voice um, and is ready to, um, to ask for the things it needs to live and work um, to its highest potential. Well, it certainly is an in-depth report, but, but let's talk a little bit about this because I know some of the questions that, that I've been asked and I've been asked to put to, to various business leaders or, or guys in the HR department is what do you see happening in terms of work from home, going back to work full-time? Is there... Has there been a little bit of a, a swing in any particular direction? I know some people are now doing sort of a hybrid kind of model. Hmm. 
Yes, and the hybrid model itself is, you know, means something slightly different to every employee in every organization. Um, you know, it's um, the very nature of the word is that it is fluid and it's flexible. Um, so, so yes, I think a lot of a lot of employers are are opting to go the hybrid route at the moment. Um, I think they're realizing that uh, forcing employees to return to any kind of quote unquote normal um, is it could be very harmful in the long run. We have seen examples from big companies, the Googles and the Amazons of the world who try to enforce return to office. Um, and because of backlash from employees, we're forced to U-turn um, and renegotiate with employees, um, which again speaks to the fact that, you know, employees have more of a voice than ever. They really are um, active participants in this conversation. Um, you know, it, it is a conversation more than it ever has been. Um, so definitely, I think the trend that we're seeing, certainly with our clients, is towards hybrid or blended working, um, where employees, um, you know, will, will have a mixture of working from home or working remotely um, and being in the office some in some cases for a mandated number of days a week in other cases um, employers are really happy for teams to decide what works best for them um, but I think at the at the base of all of that um, is really this <clears throat> unprecedented level of trust that's required between employers and employees um, you know and I think Really, employees have done a lot to earn that trust over the past two years. And we made um, enormous sacrifices and compromises um, to keep you know, the lights on and to keep business to business as usual as much as we could. Um, you know, I'm thinking of people reimagining their homes as offices, you know, and and I think that that really showed um, an investment on the part of employees. They wanted to be there for the long haul, they wanted to prove to their employers that they um, you know, they could be counted on, they could be relied on. Um, and so I think they've done a lot to earn that trust. Um, and I think employers would be wise to acknowledge that um, and to afford employees the freedom that they've earned as a result. No, because, I mean, as I said, in my experience, which is a very limited sample pool, uh, I certainly found uh, people working a lot more when they were working from home. I mean, they were putting in more hours, being more productive. And I even saw a bit of a swing where, where because suddenly they were able to have more output, uh, the, the, the corporate uh, leadership was going, well, if you can do more at home, then you need to keep on doing more and more and more. And one of the things that uh, I've seen with also quite a few people is in terms of, of their, their, their mental health, their mental well-being, um, that's become a challenge as well. Now, your report talks to that too, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, absolutely it does. Um, employee well-being, as I say, is one of the kind of biggest sort of trend areas. Um, and that's, you know, that was something that was certainly on our radar sort of three years ago, but has absolutely been pushed into the limelight um, thanks to COVID. Um, you know, and I think... I think you're, you're absolutely right, David. Um, productivity, there were a lot of reports that came out in the early days of the pandemic around how productivity had spiked and 
I think, as you say, I think employee, employers were, were thrilled. They were thinking, well, gosh, we thought this was going to be, you know, like pulling teeth, letting people work from home. And here we are, you know, recording highest productivity levels um, on record. But what we've seen two years down the line, it might have taken some time, but is that that productivity came at the expense of people's well-being, people's emotional um, and physical well-being. Um, and so, yeah, there's a big, there's a concerted push, I think, on the part of employers to start talking to employees about um, ways that they can support a healthier lifestyle for employees, both emotionally, as I say, and physically. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that that we we can see that trend continuing, and it's it's not it's more than just benefits programs, and it's more than just um, you know the occasional you know how to lead a healthy lifestyle. Have you you know have you spoken to somebody? Or have you been to counselling or spoken to somebody about your ex, your experiences over the past years? It's more than that. It's really normalising conversations about. Uh, sensitive topics like like emotional well-being it's normalizing those conversations in your organization that's really going to go a long way to instilling a culture of openness and transparency and allowing employees to feel that they're in a safe place they can show up every day as their authentic selves um you know warts and all um and that that is something that i think um leaders have had to learn quickly i don't think that was a particularly comfortable space for most corporates um two years ago you know the idea of a leader sharing you know personal and sensitive information about uh, loss and grief um you know and their own emotional um struggles you know i think that's you know that was considered out of place you know um not too long ago and that has certainly changed in the past two years we've seen leaders becoming more and more um candid um and and more and more empathetic i think um because we've all experienced some level of loss grief um disruption over the past two years and I think it would be I think it would be unfair um, to everybody to to ignore that um, and to not learn from it and to not take that opportunity to start bringing these conversations into the workplace which is wonderful I mean it's one of the reasons that I said to you know that I don't play well in the sandpit with other children because I'm very much somebody who wants to know the why of things um, and I've, I've seen over this time, and, and I speak from from you know earlier experience when I did spend some time in the in the corporate uh, world. It was all about, as I said, bums in seats. Uh, you have to be there at nine from nine to five. Your product productivity was measured by that. And if you ask, but why are we doing this? Um, we would get very autocratic responses because that's the way it's always been done. Um, but now we're talking, and I've noticed this, I actually noticed this even before COVID hit, is it seems that the world is transitioning. We are becoming more human. Everybody was afraid that this uh, fourth industrial revolution, uh, we're going to become less human and lose all our jobs to the robots. But we've become more human and this caring and empathy is, is amazing. But now, when we talk about this, you, you were saying, and maybe I'm jumping around a bit, but you were saying that uh, you know leaders have to do this, and we're now looking at multi-generational uh, people in the workspace, uh, and a lot of these new uh, people coming into workspaces are the youngsters. You said the generation where? Which generation are we at now? X, Y, Z. 
we're a Gen Z. Well, actually, we're already Gen Alpha, but Gen Zs are entering the workspace now. Yeah. Yeah, and and these are not people like myself that was taught that you have one job for life and you keep it and you shut up and you're grateful for it. These people are looking for more. So I think what would be a good thing to do when we come back is uh, have a little bit of a chat about how this leadership with the old school, the new school coming in, uh, just talk about how that's going to be working as well. This is what's involved. My special guest, Karen Dewing, Head of Internal Communications at New Media. We're talking about the changing world of work. It's a report that they've just released and one that I found fascinating. We'll be back in just a bit. And we're back with my special guest, Karen Dewing, Head of Internal Communications at New Media. Uh, they've released this report called The Changing World of Work. So just before the break, uh, Karen, we said, uh, I've, I've asked you the question about the newbies or the, or the newer people coming into organizations that have a certain idea. And a lot of these guys, um, it's, it's about so much more than just having a job and shutting up and being grateful for it. And we, we were talking leadership. So, so this must be a challenge because it's multi-generational now. How are things looking there? Yeah, absolutely. I think it is a challenge. Um, but I think that um, it's one that um, leaders can really can really grab onto um, and learn from because authentic leadership is really becoming is really a trend um, in the workplace. And, and that focuses around it. It sort of flips that idea of servant leadership. It, it's around that idea, around that concept. But it's really you know, we mentioned before, it's really leaders who are, who are candid, who are transparent, um, who are really open about their sort of, you know, about their own experiences, their own backgrounds, um, and who are really um, open to listening. Um, and that, I think, will go, that, that sort of, you know, that culture will go a long way to making employees of any generation, of any culture, of any gender, um, feel a sense of belonging in their organization. And that's really what leaders at the moment are, are, are trying to achieve, um, is kind of re, uh, rewiring their culture, rewiring the way they communicate um, and the way they they form communities within their organizations. You know, the past two years have seen us working, you know, in a distributed model. A lot of some people in the office, some people out. Um, and it's, it's quite difficult then, I think, for, for us who are, you know, used to the kind of older way of working. It's difficult to, to imagine a cohesive culture in that kind of environment where some people you never see and some people you only see on screen and some people, you know, so I think that, that leaders are grappling with that kind of thing. Um, and at, you know, at, at the base of it, really, what they're trying to do is, is reimagine their, uh, their work, their, their, their employee community. Um, and and certainly, as I say, I think the way to do that is to is to be open, to be honest, and to be really um, transparent about the things as a leader that you know, the things you have answers to, the things that you don't know, um, and then to to follow up with questions, to really uh, to really listen to your organisation at all levels, um, and that's certainly something that we're seeing a lot of is. Um, employers polling and surveying their companies more than ever. Um, you know, we joke about survey fatigue. I mean, I feel like every time you click on a new website or you, you know, complete a transaction or something, you're asked to complete a survey. 
But I think um, our CEO recently said, you know, she she doesn't think people could ever be told enough about their feelings about work, about what's working for them, what isn't working for them, what could work better. Um, you know, people are people are really clamoring to have a voice in this conversation um, at all levels, at you know, in all generations. Um, and I think yes, I think you know the the accepting everybody, creating this culture of, of belonging and authenticity. Um, I think that'll go a long way to helping ease any of those kind of, um, you know, pain points that perhaps older or younger employees might feel coming into an organization. And it is, it is true um, that, you know, the, this, this new generation, Gen Zs, are definitely more demanding. And they do expect, um, as I said earlier, a level of transparency and candor from their leaders that um, I don't think boomers would have would have asked for. As you as you've said, David, you know we were all, you know, there was a generation where people were just felt very lucky to have a job, and nobody questioned, and nobody, um, you know, everybody accepted the hierarchy. Um, and now, um, you know, Gen Z is you know coming from a place where. They all have their own networks. You know, these are people who are creators in their own right. They have social networks. They have, um, you know, they have online presences. I mean, they're used to challenging authority. They're used to asking questions and getting immediate answers. Um, you know, this kind of corporate neutrality has no place in their world. Um, and I think it's a very healthy and refreshing um, thing to to ask of your of your employer. Uh, I really do. Um, I think it can only lead to greater transparency, um, and and that in itself can only make people feel safer, and um, and more valued, um, and really reinstill that that feeling of trust, which is so important for us transitioning into this world of work where we are likely. Um, to be away from each other for extended periods of time where we are likely to not see each other all the time. I think that that, that trust is really going to be the bedrock that, that builds um, successful businesses. Well, just going back to uh, something that, that I can relate to in terms of the radio station, um, I've been working there for a good number of years. My life has been spent in many radio stations, but uh, Mix, I've been there for a while. And I was firmly always of the opinion that in order to make great radio, you had to have bums in seats, people sitting opposite you in the studio, and that way you could you could interact with them. Now, because I was forced to change, I'm going, but hang on, you know, we've all learned about this, and, and this is an audio medium, and I don't necessarily want to have to travel that distance to go to a radio station, make people come out at night, et cetera, et cetera. But there is still and there has still been a fear of, but hang on, you know, radio, we're all a bunch of sociable, social people. I'm not seeing them. I'm not talking to them. All they hear is my voice. Um, I'm not part of the, the group, the clique at the station. What is my job security going to be like? And I think, you know, that's something that's very, very important because, and you mentioned it, you know, you, you might not see the people. Is this, Karen, somewhere where you guys come in in terms of what you offer to your clients, where, where in terms of the storytelling and, and, you know, helping people tell the stories? Yeah, absolutely, David. I mean, that's, that is exactly what we do is we, we partner with our clients to understand, um, firstly, 
the purpose that they're trying to convey um, to their employees, <clears throat> and the purpose of the organization, the purpose of the individual roles within that organization, and then also to, to help them understand their audience better, to help them understand exactly um, who these personas are within their employee group, um, you know, because as we've just discussed, you know, it's a lot more it's a lot more complex than, okay, we've got guys on the shop floor and we've got some guys in the C-suite and we, you know, we need some comms that are relevant for them and other comms that are relevant for these guys. You know, it's a lot more than that. It's understanding what those factors are at play in their, in their environments that are impacting how they ex they're experiencing work, how they're experiencing their interactions with their employer. Um, and so, yes, you know, I think we definitely, we help our clients to shape um, strategies um, and communications um, that help them to, to tell those very important stories. Um, why are we here? Like, who are our people? You know, what is our purpose every day? What is that common um, goal that we're all rallying behind? You know, and that is the most important story. That is, that is the most important um, you know, thing that employees especially need to be reminded of at the moment. I think after all of this change and, um, you know, after these, these years of uncertainty and disruption, we're all primed now for, for something positive. We're primed to respond to something, you know, a rallying cry that kind of we can all get behind, something positive that we can pull towards. Um, and I think this there's a golden opportunity now for employers to, to really tell that story and to tell those emotive um, kind of stories that really resonate with employees at different parts of the business. Um, and the best way to do that is obviously to reflect employees back to themselves, is to show, is to tell stories that, um, you know, that are representative, um, to speak to those diverse groups within the organizations, to make sure that those voices are being amplified through the communications, um, you know, and, and we are, as I say, really giving people a voice. And that's the best way to tell this, most powerful way to tell those stories is to let employees really tell them for themselves. Absolutely. And I mean, it, it does. It seems to me that there's this groundswell in terms of business and the way business gets done in that it is more human-centric and it's, it's more about people and you feel that you're, you're not just a number. When we come back, Karen, uh, how about we chat and, and we draw a picture of what the employee of the future may look like? So we'll do that when we come back. This is What's Involved, my special guest, is Karen Dewing, Head of Internal Communications at New Media. Also some good news about the report that uh, we have been talking about. I'll share that with you when we get back. Now we're back. What's involved? Great to have you along with us. Uh, my special guest, Karen Dewing, Head of Internal Communications at New Media. Uh, we're talking about this changing world of work, uh, a report that's just been uh, uh, issued, and we'll find out a bit more about that. But before that, the employee of the future, Karen, who, who would the employee of the future be? What would they need to do? What would they look like? Hmm. Well, the employee of the future, David, you know, is forged very much by, um, by what's happening now, um, by these, these many sort of shifts and changes in the world of work that we've been discussing. Um, and really uh, what I think we will see, um, or what I'm almost certain we will see, is a more discerning, more empowered employee um, with 
certainly that's certainly more demanding it certainly has higher expectations um but that overall just has a desire to see business do and be better um they want to work for businesses that um you know that whose purpose aligns with their own and that makes them feel a sense of fulfillment and purpose um and i think really um, there are a couple of factors that are going to come into play there. I think, you know, as, as employers start looking to recruit this new generation of employees, this new, um, this future employee, um, they're going to be, you know, they're going to need to ensure that the, the people that they're targeting, or, or rather the way they're targeting people, is speaking to the values that are important to them. And those are things like flexibility, um, you know, the ability to upskill and reskill on the job. Um, as we've said, you know, these are discerning people. Um, they will ask questions about your value proposition as a business, about your sustainability initiatives and your goals, about your um, inclusion your inclusion policies as a business. Um, so I think employers should expect to, to be ready, you know, be ready to tell those stories and be ready to have compelling evidence that these are things that they've thought about as a business and that are important to them if, if they're really serious about, um, you know, attracting this, this level, this, this kind of talent to their businesses. Um, you know, the employer of the future is um, they're inclusion advocates. They are, they are people that um, expect to see, um, you know, more diverse people included in the workplace um, and in their communications. They will ask about um, co company culture and inclusion policies in their interviews. Um, they tend to be activists, you know, there's something, something we know as well about um, Gen Z employees or Gen Z as a generation is that, uh, you know, they, ex they, they speak out about causes that are important to them and they are activists. And more and more we're seeing that they expect their employers to have a voice about important issues, um, whether that be environmental, human rights. Um, you know, and we saw, you know, during, during 2020 and 2021, we saw this massive support from a lot of corporates for the Black Lives Matter movements. Um, you know, we saw, we've seen companies speak out recently, more recently about, you know, the conflicts and uh, the war in Russia, uh, in Ukraine. And, you know, we're seeing that employees are really expecting that from their employers. They, they want to know that they're working for a business that doesn't just make money, um, but you know, really cares for the communities that it operates in, really cares about the lasting impact that it's leaving in the world. Um, and then, of course, you know, um, the future employees will be, um, they will they will be more likely to be gig, um, gig minded. Um, so they will probably see themselves as being able to be sort of multi-focused, um, not just an employee that rocks up and does one job every day, you know, one day after the other. Um, these are people who will probably have side hustles. They will probably freelance or, or you know, contract their skills to other organizations. Um, and that's something that can be beneficial for both employers and employees. Um, you know, they'll have an entrepreneurial mindset, um, and that's a very healthy thing for employees to have. Um, it encourages that sense of ownership and investment in the business. Um, and then, of course, you know, they, they are all, we are all, um, you know, we are all au fait with social media. This is a generation that will have grown up on social media. Um, these are people who are creators in their own right. 
Um, so we can expect them to want to have a voice in company dialogue. We can expect them to want to, you know, um, to advocate for their businesses, um, you know, on their social um, on their social networks, um, you know. And that I think I think something that we can really look forward to is that they they will be looking to work for businesses that are authentic, um, that value connection over perfection, um, that are that are really there to, to tell meaningful stories that resonate with people and that, um, you know, that encourage this feeling of everybody is welcome here. This is the business that we, you know, this is the, the, the lasting impact we want to have in the world. If your values align with us, you know, we want you on board. We want you to work with us. And I think that's very much how um, organizations will approach talent attraction um, in the next couple of years. Now, what's amazing for me, if I think back to, to my time, is, you know, you were expected to go to work in uh, smart pants, smart shirt, at the very least, and collar and tie. And, uh, you know, you were supposed to do things properly. And it was as though they were trying to stamp out this mold of what the perfect employee should look like. Um, and, you know, that just the fact in my day, if somebody said they wanted to go to work in jeans, people would be horrified. You know, it's like, what kind of a weirdo are you? Um, and I, I like the idea of this, this concept that diversity and inclusion is, is, is growing because it does, it takes all sorts of different kinds of people uh, to, to, to sort of just make this whole world work. And, and people should be comfortable to be who they are. You know, um, I was chatting to somebody the other day, uh, also fairly young, and uh, he reckons that this whole title thing is absolute nonsense because all we are, all of us, are content creators. That's what we do. We create content and sometimes we sell it, sometimes we don't. And I thought, okay, it's one way of, of, of looking at things. But now, Karen, be before I let you go, um, my passion is, is small and medium-sized businesses. You guys work with uh, the big boys. Now, I'm looking at this going, you know, small businesses also can grow and we need to look at this kind of thing as well, whether we've got two employees or 200 or 1,000 employees, we need to be looking at this as well. But now this report has been released. What do we have to do to get our hot little hands on it so that we can take advantage of some of the insights? Uh, well, David, it is available on the New Media website. So that's newmedia.co.za uh, forward slash 2021 Internal Communications Trends Tracker. That's that's our kind of name for it. Um, so it is available there. Um, and I'd be happy to share a link with you as well if you'd like to share that with your listeners. Um, and the good news is obviously that this is not a once-off. Um, you know, that this, as I mentioned, was an opportunity for us to assess the landscape, um, really catalog and contextualize the changes that we've seen over the past two years, and to look at some of the trends that we believe are going to carry us into, into the next wave of change, which is inevitably coming our way. Um, and um, our, our plans are now to follow up with a report um, in the middle of this year that will focus on sort of some case studies around um, businesses that have embraced hybrid working, how it's working for them, um, but we'll also look at 
um, you know, kind of how these trends have these ones that we've kind of predicted being part of the future workscape. We're going to look at how they're kind of, you know, putting roots down, um, how they've kind of entrenched themselves. Um, and, and another look again at how the employee experience has undoubtedly changed from six months ago. Um, because we know, you know, that the, the only constant now is change. Um, and you know we need to we need to look at these things in in depth regularly to really understand what the forces are playing into employee psyche, playing into um, you know leader psyche, um, and really prompting the decisions that we're seeing being made um, in the corporate world. So yeah, so we can look out for that as I say in the middle of the year. It would be a follow up to to this initial report. Wonderful stuff. Well, I've got a link here that I'll, I'll uh, drop into the podcast uh, as well. But it's basically newmedia.co.za forward slash 2021 dash internal dash communications dash trends dash tracker. So internal communications trends tracker put dashes between the words. You got it. The good news is it's not going to cost you anything. If you're a small to medium business, um, the guys at New Media have been kind enough. They've put in all the work. We can benefit from it. Uh, Karen, if somebody's listening and maybe they are in a corporate and they go, hang on a second, we could we could use somebody like you guys on our team. Um, can they get hold of, 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 of new media? Who do they get hold of? Yes, absolutely, David. We'd love them to reach out. Um, they can get hold of me directly. Um, my name is my my email address is Karen.Dewing, that's C-A-R-R-Y-N dot D-E-W-I-N-G at newmedia.co.za. Um, and yeah, we'd be happy to hear more about uh, your business, the challenges you're facing, and how our team can support you in navigating this, this new normal of ours. Wonderful stuff. Karen, thanks, man. I really appreciate you taking out the, the time out and having a chat to us about this. It's a fascinating report. We didn't dive in nearly as deeply as we could have. Um, there's a whole lot more we could have talked about in terms of technology and diversity and inclusion and multi-generational workplaces. But uh, who knows? Maybe we'll get a, chat, uh, a chance to chat again. But uh, for now, thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. Thank you, David. It's been lovely to chat. And yes, always happy to chat again in the future. There we go. My special guest, Karen Dewing. It wraps it up for this edition of What's Involved. To each and every one of you, look after yourselves, take care, and thank you for listening.